it definitely was um, a chain game changer for me because it it forced me to do what I had been scared to do, what I didn't think I was qualified enough to do. The truth is that one, you're never gonna get enough qualification unless you actually do it. Right. Um, but two, it really, um, I, if you had asked me before I did this, if I knew a lot of talented people, I would have told you yes, but what I didn't realize was the network that I had to really help me build this. Hey there, I am Cindy Coaches. I am the host of Pen to Paper Press podcast. Best-selling authors, writers, editors, and publishers join me in my virtual studio for conversations about the process of developing our stories to completing our works of art. Each episode is an opportunity for us to explore our insights, pearls of wisdoms, and the experiences we've had on our journey from putting that pen to paper and accomplishing our goals. Enjoy today's episode. Hello, today I am speaking with Lisa Anderson. She is the publisher and editor of The Choose Letter. It's a digital magazine with the focus on being bringing everyone to the table despite the dietary issues. And it's good to have you here in my virtual studio. How are you, Lisa? <laughs> I'm doing well, thank you. <laughs> You are so very welcome. And, you know, I, I have to ask because uh, in a previous life, I was an editor and a publisher of a digital magazine as well. So to help your writers understand what it is you, uh, what you're looking for uh, as far as a writer in your publication, uh, what pearls of wisdom do you have for contributors? Um, I think the biggest thing for me when I'm looking for a writer um, is that I can see, first of all, their voice comes through. Um, and then when I have a lot of contributors in the magazine, so when I'm looking at assigning stories, I try to assign stories to the writers that I think they would enjoy because I feel like you can get a better story that way. Um, and then I am a big stickler for deadlines. They're huge for me. So I prefer on time or early. And I was going to ask you what it is that you're looking for in a writer. And, you know, you mentioned the voice. Yes. So, you know, some people just think that writing an article is simply relaying information, you know, uh, from here's this, 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 this is all you need to know. That voice is so, so, so very important because uh, important because it brings us back to the personality of the writer, which is so important. You yes. know, when uh, are when you're considering a new writer, are you looking for their experience or is it more about their ability to tell that story or, or to relay a message, which is... Well, if I had to choose which was more important, it would probably be how they are able to relay the story versus um, their ability to write. Um, I mean, if you can relay a story fairly well, then the technical stuff 
can be fixed by an editor. You know, it's, um, it's easier for my editors to fix something and start something from scratch. So if you're a new writer, just try to figure out exactly how you like to tell a story. Um, you know, I have both blogs and uh, the printed page. So the digital page um, for the magazine. And both styles are a little different because on blogs, you get a lot more casual. You can use conjunctions, all of that. But in the magazine, that's when the technical stuff really comes into play um, because we use AP. So, you know, it gets a little bit um, wordier as far as um, not using conjunctions, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that's when it becomes really important to be able to hear that voice within the story so that the reader isn't focused on the fact that you're not talking like you would in person, face-to-face, because a blog post is a lot more conversational than a magazine would be. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) I agree. That's... um there is a different tone between the magazine article and again that blog post and so what is it like for you to to run this magazine to be the creative genius behind the scenes (laughs) or in front of the scenes I guess you're more in front of the scenes so (laughs) well it's a little different being in front of the scenes because um, my degree is in graphic design so it was very scary to put together the first issue, um, but I, it's, it's a puzzle for me. Um, graphic design, editorial graphic design to me has always been a puzzle that I really enjoyed. And then I found that that just kind of extends when you're putting together a whole issue. You know, now I'm, now I'm trying to puzzle together the types of stories to make sure that the magazine flows well. I'm trying to um, stick to a theme to help give the writers, um, you know, some direction on where they're going with the story. But at the same time, um, I, you know, I'm working with recipe developers because it's a food magazine and, um, and I'm working with photographers as well. So I am trying to puzzle all of that together. And I like to give direction, but I don't like to micromanage Uh, because I feel as a creative, I know that I do my best work when I'm not micromanaged. So I will um, give a writer or recipe developer kind of the theme, the idea of the story. And the reason I'm assigning it to them is because I think they'll probably deliver the voice that I'm looking for in the story. So um, if they ask me, well, how do you want this written and I'll just say well you know here are the parameters go forth and do your thing (laughs) you know I I I love people that can work independently Um, I know I'm not the smartest person in the room so I'm hiring you for your talent I'm hiring you for the things that I can't do and I'm going to trust that I've hired correctly (laughs) and that you can do what it is you do, you know, whether you're developing a recipe, whether you're telling a written story, whether you're giving me a visual story to work with. Um, And then it's my job to puzzle it all together and, and make it flow for the, the readers. So. 
I wholeheartedly understand. And when I got faced with the, the contributing writer going, well, what's your theme? And it was really ironic on my, for, for my magazine, mm -hmm. it was, it went mainly by intuition. Yeah. And so I would, you know, and I had a couple of them that were very insistent on having that, you know, tell me what you want. And it's like, you know mm -hmm. what? All right, start with this, but I want you to follow your heart and I want you mm -hmm. to write what comes to you and, and allow that to flow onto the page and then submit that. And, and it would be so interesting because when, like you said, the puzzle, I love that puzzle. There is something yes. about putting, putting it all together and, and seeing for me, I don't have that, um, that graphic design back. Well, I have the background, but not on a professional level. Yeah. It was more on a tinkering level. I love to do it. It's more of a curiosity. It was never a quote unquote job or yeah. a career path. It just, you know, I was in other <laughs> areas. <laughs> but when I sat down to put it all together, because I was more or less a one woman show putting it together. Mm -hmm it would be so amazing to see how everything just flowed came together and and it was like you said the puzzle pieces just they just gently fall into place and if it doesn't gently fall into place then you know it doesn't belong there yeah that's right <laughs> so, yep. you know, this is i this is great to speak to somebody else who gets where i was at um, yeah. Obviously, I'm not publishing the magazine right now. I'm doing this. <laughs> I may get back into it down the road, but that will be a while because it is very time consuming and it's amazing the amount of irons you have in the fire at one time and all the time. <laughs> trying yeah. To put it together. Yeah, I actually just wrote a, a blog piece um, about why you might not have gotten hired as a freelancer um, because part and part of that was just um, not being able to respond quickly, knowing your business, knowing your prices, because as you say, um, it keeps you very busy. You have a lot of irons in the fire. And as I was writing it, I was like, I have over 400 emails in my inbox right now. You know, I'm responding to emails. I'm writing articles like this. I'm running the social media. I'm putting together the magazine. I'm contacting writers, recipe developers, photographers. I'm also developing recipes, taking photography and putting the magazine together, working with my editor. Plus I do other design projects on the side. So my, um, I don't know that the, the soup pot is full. <laughs> and, and you know, I, I did look through your magazine. I, I cracked open a handful of, of issues and they're absolutely beautiful. They're, oh, I you. love how you've got them set up. And of course I went through a couple of your blog posts as well. Well, I will say internet articles. Yeah. What are some of the more common errors that you see in the submissions, um, you know, that your editorial team receives? 
Um, I think as far as like the magazine goes, um, it would be just making sure that you're keeping track of what publications prefer. Um, if, you know, some publications still use AP style, but they'll allow those contractions, you know, I'm, <laughs> it's, you know, all of that stuff, but, um, but we don't. So that's one of the biggest complaints I get from my editor. Hey, if you're going to keep using them, can you tell them not to, you know? Um, and I kind of shrug my shoulders and I'll let the writer know, but at the same time, I'm like, well, that's what I'm paying the editor for. And the writer has <laughs> got probably, you know, 10 other jobs they're doing at once. So um, I'm just happy to have a story in on time. And, <laughs> you know, um, I think it's also very important uh, to look at where the information is landing. So it, where it's going to live, um, you know, especially when you're writing for a publication like mine that um, has a digital magazine. But as, as you say, we also do articles on the website and we do take um, a lot of our articles from the digital magazine to put them on the blog per se um, to help with traffic, but it's primarily living um, on in the magazine. So uh, repeating words aren't as important in the publication as it would be if I was requesting strictly a um, post to live on the blog. Um, you know, I'm not um, as worried about keywords and SEO in the digital publication as I would be in a blog post, you know? So uh, I think being aware um, if you're if you're using a, a word or a phrase over and over again, is there another way that you could say that without sounding like you've repeated yourself a hundred times? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you bring up something that's so important is that that SEO gimmick? You know, mm -hmm. when somebody is so driven on four ways to whatever and yeah. and the whole entire article is so seo driven that there's no life to it there's no fast yeah. there's no you know you can tell in a heart you can read it and know it in the first paragraph that this is a clickbait is what i call yeah. it it's just yeah clickbait. absolutely yeah yeah there is definitely an art to finding a writer that can, um, if you're having something live primarily on a blog, um, you know, you do want that Google ranking. You do want to try to get on that first page. Um, in the third spot would be great, you know, yeah. <laughs> but you have to have, you have to be able to find a writer that has the art of working with the keywords, um, and being able to tell a story without the writer even realize, or without the reader even realizing that the writer has been using those keywords and phrases in there, um, you know, and, and as a writer, you have to also be aware of that if you start getting too heavy with the keywords, Google will penalize um, the blog too. So it's all of these crazy technical things that we have to do now and it's a lot of demand on on writers um you know so you have to be able to market yourself well enough what am i writing for you know am i writing for a, a 
primarily magazines or newspapers, things like that, or am I writing to help people improve their SEO, you know, their Google ranking? Are we working on blogs? You know, it's, it's a crazy (laughs) world in that digital frame, you know, because um, I want my readers to have a story, but I also need my magazine to rank. So how do I, I'm depending on my writers to help me balance that out a lot. And balance is the important word. And, you know, there, like Google Analytics and, and that whole world is mm-hmm. forever changing. It, it is. It's impossible. Well, obviously it's possible because some people are doing it, but it feels <laughs> impossible. To- it feels impossible. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it, it just blows your mind <laughs> on all the things that you have to do when you're, when you're um, running a publication, you probably ran into some of this, you know, you're, you're having to manage social media, you're having to manage the website, you're having to manage the magazine, you're having to manage different types of distribution, you know, um, yeah. My magazine is offered as a print on demand and, and primarily digital, but some, but I have to design for print as well because it might get printed. And then you get some people who are like, Oh, I, you know, I suppose with it being print on demand, it's because you don't know how many are going to buy it. No, that's just an option. <laughs> it's a digital magazine. <laughs> and I worked, you know, I laugh at that statement because I worked in the newspaper business for oh, approximately, well, over nine years. I was in, yeah. I was actually in advertising sales. Okay. And yeah, so I, that's how I uh, got really familiar with the backside of, you know, publishing was Absolutely. I was a part of that and, and developing the different periodicals that we would have as supplements to the the weekly newspaper and so yeah I I I recognize exactly what you're saying and (laughs) you know I have uh, one friend who is a writer and also had a very heavy background in print as well Mm -hmm. and she asked me generically put why wasn't I going with print? Why was I going digital? And was it because I was afraid of distribution? And it's like, oh, no, I want a wider audience. And this yeah. was, I started it in 2016. Mm-hmm. And the last issue was in 2018. I set it off to the side and I've not picked it back up. i but I've gotten into other things, but there are, you know, there have been times where I thought I can do this again. I can do this again. And it's like, Mm -hmm. do I have the energy to do this? So, because it does take a lot of time, a lot of energy and, and it's not even courage and it's not even strength. It's just that, that calling from deep inside that says, I want to do this. Yeah. That's where I have to come, come from. And Mm -hmm. obviously you have that because you transitioned from being a graphic designer to an editor, you know? Yeah. Well, it kind of happened just because of COVID really. (laughs) 
Really? <laughs> you know? okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I had, <laughs> yeah, I had, I mean, I, when I was in school and I went back to school when I was 30 in um, 2012, and that's when I got my graphic design degree. And, um, but during, during the program, I was an accelerated bachelor's degree. So I got my, my bachelor's degree in two and a half years. And in, during the, the time, like I said, I fell in love with that editorial style of designing. I love doing layouts. I'm not a huge fan of doing logos or, um, you know, website design or anything like that, but pretty much anything that you can lay out brochures, magazines, all of that fell in love with. So I was also learning, uh, portrait photography at the time. And I, that's when I really started thinking about a magazine, um, that I really wanted to do one, but I had no experience. I knew I needed some real world experience, but then it got to a point where you're just like, oh, I'll just go ahead and work for somebody else. I'm just going to keep working for somebody else, you know? And then um, I had met Rika through working with her. And um, I had been at the company for less than a year and it was a big company. So whether your department really needed you there or not, if you didn't make seniority, you were put on furlough when, when COVID hit. And I did not want to sit around and do nothing. So I said, okay, I'm going to finally start a magazine on my own. And I, I called it a hobby with deadlines. When I first, when I first started putting it together and then, um, as it became clear that, um, my boyfriend was the primary caregiver for his father at the time. Um, and one of the, one of two primary caregivers for him. And so we knew we couldn't expose him to COVID. So me returning to work was um, scary and we didn't, and it was kind of hitting that point where if they didn't have you return, you were kind of thinking you probably weren't going to return. And if they did have you return, it would be too soon, you know? So it was kind of that, that back and forth pull. And so um, I decided after three weeks of furlough to put in my notice and um, my hobby with deadlines became uh, an LLC and, and here we go. <laughs> you know? I love it. I, so at this point, how many issues do you have published? Um, we have, well, I have four issues published. Um, yep. And it's a bi-monthly magazine. So, um, the company formed in May of 2020 and the first issue came out in August and, uh, we've just been going ever since. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know, the COVID has, I mean, so many people look at COVID as this horrible, ungodly, experience to go through it and it has been on on that health aspect it it really has but in many many ways it has been the blessing that people have needed to launch them to change their situation because people are everybody's lives were basically forced to change i mean we were all put on a reset it's like somebody unplugged us and like okay now what are you going to do yeah, and, um, exactly. Not a lot of people are doing the same thing that they were before. In right. 
whatever way, you know, whether it's a small way or a large way, large way, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, large yeah, way. <laughs> large way. <laughs> so yeah, it, it definitely was um, a chain game changer for me because it, it forced me to do what I had been scared to do, what I didn't think I was qualified enough to do. And um, the truth is that one, you're never going to get enough qualification unless you actually do it. Right. Um, but two, it really, um, I, if you had asked me before I did this, if I knew a lot of talented people, I would have told you yes. But what I didn't realize was the network that I had to really help me build this, you know, the, the talent that I can tap into to help, um, make this happen, uh, was just incredible. And, and the support, um, especially as you know, when you're starting a publication, especially, I mean, for you, you were a writer. Um, for me, I'm not so much. <laughs> I can, I can write a blog post. <laughs> yeah, I remember what I did. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I will see. And it was really funny is, is for me, I, I had gone to school to, and got certified as an integrative nutrition health coach. And I started that coaching and I just, it didn't feel right. I knew I was heading in the wrong direction. And one day I'm in my car and I'm like, okay, just give me a sign. Tell me, what am I supposed to do with this education? Because I was really frustrated. I plunked down a lot of money to get, you know, certified and I'm driving along. And all of a sudden I got a vision of when I was mom and I talked it over and we think I was about eight or nine I used to go down in the basement and use the typewriter I was not allowed to use the carbon paper I was not allowed to use and <laughs> obviously the typing paper that you know was you know like a, at a premium yes <laughs> and I typed out the family newspaper you know and um. And it was like, oh my God, that's what it is. I want to start a magazine. And quite literally from that moment to the first publication come out, it was two weeks. I did it. Oh, wow. I literally, I called in, you know, a handful of people who are writers. I'm like, hey, I'm doing this. Are you in? And they're like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing the support, you know. Um as as a creative, you always want to pay somebody, but also when you form as a creative, when you form that creative community, people understand when you're starting out and they just want to be there and support you and help you and know that when you get to that point, you will hand them the paycheck, you know. Right. Um, right. And I was very fortunate and I had I had quite a bit of support um on those first couple of issues to to just get stuff out there. Um, which meant that I didn't have to write the whole <laughs> magazine by myself. Lucy <laughs> and I wrote a good chunk of mine. So, yeah. so I kind of want to shift things a little bit. So why food? What, I, what led you, you know, obviously I did mine on health and wellness, mm -hmm. and, which is kind of sort of in the direction you're, you're in because you're yeah. helping people with the different dietary and, and recipes to, mm -hmm. to bring everybody to the, the table. Uh, so why food? <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> well, that that kind of um, just kind of happened. I I used to. Um, okay, so back in 2019, I switched my diet to a plant based diet, and I didn't do it out of ethical reasons. I grew up on a farm. Um, we treated our animals well, but they were food. You know, um, my my father hunted. You know, that was just life. Um, and, uh, I like that aspect that, um, I'm leaving less of a carbon footprint and that animals aren't being treated as cruelly because of my diet change, but that wasn't it. It was, it was for health. And, um, at the time when I was working for that other company, um, I got asked a lot of questions because there were some vegetarians, there were some pescatarians, but there weren't a lot of, um, vegans. And so people were really curious about my diet. And, um, I was also having to cook for, um, my boyfriend who was eating keto at the time. So completely opposite dietary needs. And, um, I just, I found through conversations, through people's curiosity about, um, how, a lot of the families had different dietary needs within the family themselves. And so, um, and I was starting to get into a lot of food photography and I enjoyed cooking and it just all kind of seemed like a natural progression to put that into a magazine at the time. Um, and, you know, I, I can develop some recipes. It's certainly not my training and stuff, but um, I, enjoy cooking a lot. Um, I've enjoyed learning how to cook as a vegan. I've enjoyed learning how to cook. Um, now I taste his food, but when I first started, I was very strict and I wouldn't taste his food. So I had to really hone in my cooking skills, um, to make sure that I was giving him something that was <laughs> edible, you know, <laughs> serving somebody that you, you know, that's in the same household that you love yeah, yes. making sure that they're not eating something that, you know, look, taste and smell like it, you pulled it out of the trash. That would not be good. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I don't know. I just, yeah, I fell in love with um, just all aspects of, of food and nutrition. And it felt like the the right move to make. Um, I, I've had what I call passing um, passions in my life. Um, and it allowed me to kind of pull some of those together into one area. Um, but I have to say just putting together the magazine, I don't, I don't care what magazine it would have been at this point. I think I would have enjoyed it just as much because I just absolutely love, like I said, the puzzle of it and just putting it all together and bringing it all in one place. But yeah, at the time it started food, was one of those passing passions for me and um and I still enjoy it but I'm very happy to have found a lot of recipe developers so I'm not having to try to figure that out. <laughs> yeah because the experimental after a while you know it's like yeah. he's coming home and and wondering um yeah what's for dinner I don't want to know <laughs> right uh, right <laughs> Although, you know, that does, you know, present that uh, question of what's for dinner in a whole different, 
you know, at a whole different level. So <laughs> it does, it does, yeah. But then, you know, if you don't get it quite right, you're eating it for the next couple of weeks as you're tweaking the recipe, you know? <laughs> yeah, making it taste somewhat okay to really yeah. delicious. So. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so where can people find you on the internet? Um, well, you can find the magazine itself at the Choose Letter, and it's choose as in you're chewing something. Um, so it's the chooseletter.com is the website. And then our social media handles, um, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest are um, all at the choose letter. Okay. And of course, I'll have a link to the website in the show notes. Uh, that that will definitely be there. And Lisa, oh my gosh, this has just truly been a fun conversation you've brought back a lot of really fun memories and the puzzle I love the puzzle and it's so nice to know I'm not the only one (laughs) you are not the only one (laughs) I get what you're saying and obviously um yeah you and I could definitely talk for hours on the whole subject of how did you do what did you do what did you yes this (laughs) exactly So again, thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here. You are so welcome. It has truly been a pleasure. Thanks. Hey there. Before we end our time together, I'd like to say thanks for joining us. If this podcast resonated with you, be sure to subscribe, share it, and leave a comment at pentapaperpress.com. Until next time, remember, your words have power. Your story matters. All right, take care of yourself. Bye.